Hello, I am Katie, or also known as F1KT3 on TikTok. I basically started my TikTok probably like July. So it's, it's been um, only a couple of months, like six months. I have been a little bit quiet recently because um, I do work full time as yeah. a, a marketing executive. So it's, it's kind of having to balance kind of content creation for F1 and then also kind of my full time job. Formula One has been something that I've been very passionate about since 2018. I saw some social media posts about it kind of like on Instagram and then it kind of sparked my interest to then kind of find out a little bit more about the sport and I kind of watched the highlights and the funny moments and yeah it then I was like oh I'll watch a race and the first race that I actually uh, watched was Monaco so I watched Daniel's Redemption which is really awesome and he was actually he's actually the driver that got me into like to continue watching the races and yeah cool. so I mean F1 is is something that I, I mean looking back and if you told me like four years ago that I'd be sitting here chatting to you about <laughs> it I'd be like laughing in your face it's like that um TikTok trend where it's like I never would have believed you yeah <laughs> <It's> like that. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and I mean I would have even said because like I started creating TikTok videos in lockdown but it was like lifestyle makeup yeah kind of things and I, I would never have thought of actually creating a TikTok account for like F1 because it's such a particular niche and yeah. I think with marketing as well I mean I'm kind of learning the aspects of the whole kind of role and to kind of like interlinks I mean it's it's great that's kind of you know the dream job it's, it's something similar to what you're currently doing right now traveling and um interviewing people and and yeah kind of just creating really enjoyable content cool yeah well I really like your content and I do advise anyone watching to definitely go check out Katie on TikTok <laughs> are you on any other platforms as well uh I do have Twitter but I'm not that active <laughs> that's okay <laughs> okay so TikTok's the main one yeah definitely yeah go and follow Katie <laughs> if that's on um TikTok definitely would recommend and me as well. I'm on TikTok too. <laughs> um, yes. So I guess with Daniel being your favourite driver, um, how did you feel when he joined McLaren? I was very excited at first. I mean, I really, I thought like 2020 was a really good season for him at Renault. And then obviously with it re, uh, being rebranded into Alpine, he then decided to kind of go off to McLaren. And I thought, well, you know, I was actually pretty happy with kind of how McLaren, you know, like where they finished um you know p3 yeah. 2020 and i thought that was a that's a, it's a decent team um they had decent results and yeah i mean i had very like i had high expectations of yeah. for him and and i thought it would you know i think the dynamic with him and lando before they were teammates they looked like they got on really well and i thought that's going to be a really good work environment and a really good pairing and I just, I just don't think he managed to find, you know, he couldn't feel comfortable in the seat. He couldn't really adapt to the car. And I know he won Monza and that was amazing. But yeah, yeah it just, I think kind of like he and McLaren just weren't a fit. Yeah. Like they just couldn't partner at all. Yeah. 
and it was almost kind of like going through like seeing two parents divorce you know with the whole kind of situation that we saw last season and him now getting him being replaced with Oscar it's it's like it's really sad to see him go but I'm actually kind of glad that he's back at Red Bull and he just needs to kind of have this time to go away and recharge his batteries and find the love and passion he has for F1 and hopefully we'll see him again on track and on podiums and yeah yeah. maybe win a championship but that's a really <laughs> well, fingers crossed for him <laughs> it would be imagine the redemption arc then because we know he can do it yeah I mean we saw it you know like in Mexico we saw him kind of channel his inner honey badger I mean he managed to keep you know build that 10 second gap that he got with the penalty from kind of knocking um Yuki off track so it's one of those things that he can do it and I think when he does have the right part and he can yeah. adapt fully because we've seen it with Renault I mean it was a slow start in 2019 but we then saw it more in 2020 and I just think with the new regulations from last year it was just like this he had a change and then it was another change yeah. and he just couldn't really find his ground easily whereas with Lando he's been with McLaren since 2019 he changed his driving style a little bit last year just to kind of fit the cap with the car because it's like you know more unbalanced and um yeah they didn't have like I think there was like problems with like the downforce as well so yeah it was it was a, it's a it was a funny one because obviously Daniel was going into the team with um being more experienced and yeah yeah I think McLaren thought well Lando then can learn from him but actually it was the other way around well that's the thing because Lando's kind of it's almost like the team's built around Lando similarly to Red Bull and Max like Lando's their star driver that he's clearly the one they want to keep for the future um so with Daniel coming in then it kind of changed the dynamics of it um and Lando was put in that kind of leading role for the first time and I guess Daniel's not used to being like having to compete for the leading role because he's generally, you know, he's quite an experienced driver. Um, but yeah, so I guess moving on to Lando um, a bit more, um, with McLaren being so built around him, obviously he signed quite a long contract with them. Mm-hmm. I don't actually remember off the top of my head when he signed until. 2025 I believe so he announced at the beginning of last season that he was extending his contract and I think yeah a lot of people were quite skeptical about that because they're like well yeah he had a really good strong 2021 season but last year it just kind of went downhill yeah (laughs) a little bit (laughs) um because you know like McLaren had issues with the regulation change as I said before with like the balance of the car they also had over um like heating problems. I mean, we saw they had brake problems. Yeah. And yeah, I just I think for like as you said, the car was is basically kind of being built around Lando because he's been nicknamed the golden uh boy at McLaren and it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what they could bring this year. But there's been a lot of talk around it being more twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. Yeah. So basically up until his contract ends that we will potentially see him win with McLaren, whether that's a race or and a championship. Right. So when when Lando's contract was first um, like extended and he announced that, were you one of the people that was like sceptical or like what was your reaction to that news? I was mixed 
Because yeah. I was like, oh, that's really good. He's sticking with the team. But then again, I thought, as the season went on, my thoughts kind of changed. Like, my view on the whole situation kind of changed. And then when it came out that he had conversations with Red Bull about a, a potential contract with them and um, pairing with Max, I thought that, well, maybe he was wrong with signing with the Claren again because he could have actually been a race winner already. Yeah. But when you're with Red Bull and you're paired with Max, you'll be classed as the second driver. Yeah. So it could be seen that could be seen as a wise decision and he's just waiting for that opportunity with McLaren and it's that slow progress of just actually getting there rather than it being like, you know, basically thrown in the deep end with Red Bull and it's always team orders and yeah. it's never going your way and you'll have that frustration and you're helping out Max get the championship rather than it's, mm-hmm. you know, someone's actually helping you. Because I think with Oscar joining, with him being the rookie, McLaren, their, their strategy potentially could be that Oscar would help Lando as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like, now that Daniel's gone, I think it's going to be a lot clearer, like, who's who's the lead driver, who's the second driver, because yeah. Oscar, obviously, he's going to be one of the rookies. He will definitely have a lot to learn from Lando, and I think that will give Lando the confidence boost as well, being able to, like, teach Oscar what he knows. Um, do you think, realistically, there's any chance of Lando winning a race this season? Um, Tricky one, I know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, look, he was so consistent last year. I mean, yeah. he was, you know, the only non-Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes driver to actually get a podium. He finished P3 in Imola and then P7 in the, the championship standing. So to me, I do, I feel like he could get podiums, like more podiums yeah. this year, a win. Oh, yeah, that's one that I'm kind of like, I yeah. feel like I need to, I need to be proven wrong Yeah. <laughs> in order for that to happen because... You know, he mentioned that one podium finish last year wasn't good enough. And he was voted fifth best of the season by the fellow drivers for his performance. And if he keeps that consistency, I do believe that he can actually achieve more podiums and have a strong season like he did in 2021. It would be great to see him win because we saw him close. Yeah, it feels like he's come close a few times now because obviously there was Sochi and then... There was Imola as well. Um, no, not Imola. Monza. Monza? Yeah. Monza, yeah. So, obviously, Daniel won that one, but we did also hear a little bit of, like, team politics going on where Lando was mm. saying, oh, I'm faster than him, but then would he be faster than him, if that makes sense? Um, you know, McLaren were kind of faced with a choice. Do we let let Lando through and see if he's quicker? Is there a need to do that? In the end, I think there just wasn't much need to do that. You know, Daniel had done the position in front. Um, they were teammates, so... Um, obviously sealed a one too but if they'd been on different teams and Lando had kind of had the chance to race him we could have seen a different outcome there especially if there was a difference in performance going back to the question of can Lando win a race this season I agree I think it's quite unlikely especially considering like you said he only got one podium um, last year Um, but we always see well we tend to see shock winners every few years we've had Ocon, when was Ocon? Was it 21 now? Mm-hmm. I, I, if it is yeah, because it was with Alpine. Yes. It was his win with Alpine, yeah. 
Yeah, so Ocon, and then we also had Gasly recently, and Checo in the racing point, I guess, um, was also a bit yeah. of a shocker. Um, so we've had a few recently, so it's definitely still on the cards, I'd say. Like, I think if he does win, it's going to be a shock win, as opposed to just having the outright pace and being the fastest driver in the fastest car, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I definitely don't think... Um, a championship fight is at all um, oh, no. on the cards. No. Um, so you mentioned um, Lando had been in talks with Red Bull, which is really interesting to me. Um, so if you were Lando, what would you have chosen in that situation? So, you know, it's one of those things where do you want to do the, uh, the waiting game and basically um, be the tortoise or do you want to be the hare? You know, um, like wow. go the fast pace. <laughs> that was very <laughs> good. Wanted, yeah, I know. I don't really do analogies, um, <laughs> so that was quite surprising. She's a poet. Um, <laughs> but I think if you went, so if I was channeling my inner Landon Norris and I said I'll go with Red Bull, I would, you'd have to put up with the fact that you are always going to be second to Max whilst he's going to be there, and Max is like going to be there until like twenty twenty eight. So, if that's the case. You know, you're going to be backing him for, like, every championship. Whereas with McLaren, the opportunity is eventually going to come and could be sooner. But you could win more races with Red Bull because we've seen it with Checo. And we've seen that he's been able to get the opportunity. But for a championship, it would be probably unlikely just because Max has been dominating. Yeah. I feel like Max is, like, absolutely at the best he's ever been right now. Like, yeah. He's just on another level um, at this point. He feels really confident in himself and the car. Feels like there's less pressure on him now as well, now that he's got two championships. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, if he doesn't get another one, it's okay. He's already kind of written his name in the history books. Um, so now he can relax into it, and that's going to help his mentality even more. So he's just going to get stronger and stronger. <laughs> Um, so what do you think is more important as a Formula One driver? Like, do you think it's better to kind of have the chance to win several races, kind of like what Checo's doing right now, or maybe what we saw Bottas doing in Mercedes? Or do you think it's better to stay at the top of like a upper midfield team like McLaren with the chance of getting a championship, but it might never happen? The thing is, like, if you were going to stay with McLaren, you would be able to actually grow. I, feel, I mean, you would grow if you were at the top team, but again, you would always be classed as second yeah. if, you're, if your teammate is actually performing better than you and is consistently kind of getting those wins. But, you know, I feel like he can actually help McLaren get back to the top of the grid and fight for wins and, and for a championship and, and get them back to, to where they belong. So... You know, I think with him, his contract being extended to 2025, it's going to be an interesting couple of years to actually see that that happen and, and see the investment and and the improvements that they make as a team as a whole. Because as a fan, you'd, you you know, you want the best. You want yeah. to see your team up, up there. And with his consistency and with McLaren's improvements, like they're saying that they're finding, because, I mean, you know, Last year, they said straight line speed was surprising to be an issue, but it's going to be improved for 2023. They know where their weaknesses are. 
and they're trying to make them for our strengths. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, I feel like it all just depends on how quickly you want to reach your goal. Yeah. And so it's kind of like you know, patience paying off. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we don't always, normally when a, a, a Formula One driver joins the grid, it takes them a couple of years before they actually get the win. Yeah. You know, some obviously have been quicker than others, but it's one of those things where he is a spectacular racing driver and, and he will get there. And I think he himself knows that he can do it in 2024 and 2025 because he has so much faith and belief in McLaren that he wants to stay with them. And he knows that he can change them around. Okay, so I've got a bit of a spicy question now, um, based oh. on what you've just said. <laughs> I was just, okay. just thinking. Um, so obviously Lando's one of the drivers that has talked a lot about mental health. If mm-hmm. Lando, as he's currently doing, if he's going years and years without a win, getting close but never quite managing it, do you think that over time he's going to lose that confidence in himself that he can do it? Or do you think he's going to like have a really, like, I don't want to say strong mentality, but like, do you think he's going to get doubts in himself if he's not getting those wins that he feels as though he might deserve? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if you're prolonging the process of actually getting the win that you want, it can potentially take a toll of yourself and actually you can question, be like, why are we still in this position? Yeah. Why have we not moved forward when, you know, there has been a long-term strategy put in place for that reason? And, I mean, you can take a look at Daniel Ricciardo's situation yeah. where he was hoping to continue to thrive and to get more podiums and yeah I think from we've seen his mental health kind of just dwindle we we saw him lose the the passion basically for the sport and that was with not getting all the the best results and having tough races um you know reliability issues and if McLaren are going to continue having this up until Lando finishes his contract then I think Lando really needs to have a serious like inner thought conversation and be like where do I want to see myself because if he sticks with them again it's like I highly doubt you're ever going to get the win or the championship that you fully deserve because again he could be in a situation where no other team will want to sign him yeah because he's not proved like he can help the team you know slightly but it's not been proven that you can actually get them to be moved forward up yeah. towards the top of the grid. I think Lando's one of those drivers. He's definitely proven that he's good in qualifying. I think mm-hmm. I was actually looking at some stats today, and I think the stat was that he's only failed to. He's only got knocked out of Q, knocked out in Q one, one percent of the time. Yeah. And I believe that's one time out of every single qualifying he's done. Um, and I seem to remember um, that was the one where he was starting from the back of the grid anyway. Um, so he's very, very consistent and quick in qualifying. I mean, we've seen him get a pole in a McLaren. We've seen him, I think, front row as well. Um, definitely some top threes. Kind of mm-hmm. always putting that McLaren where it doesn't belong. And compared to Daniel as well, like we know Daniel's a good driver and he was struggling to qualify well with the McLaren. And he, he's got very good racecraft, so he was able to gain a lot of positions in the race. But then 
someone like Lando, you know, he's kind of not got much more to improve from qualifying. So he, he could qualify maybe fifth, but then where do you go from there when it's just Red Bull and Mercedes in front of you, for example? Um, so he's not really had a lot of opportunities to show off his his overtaking and his, like, I guess, leading races for a long time. Um, we only really got to see that, like we said earlier, in Sochi and a bit of Monza, um, mm-hmm. kind of what he's like out in front. And then, again, look when other teams are looking, oh, do I want to sign Lando? They might think, well, can he handle the pressure at the front? Can he fight for a race win wheel-to-wheel with someone? Because um, the only time we've really seen him fight for a win, Sochi... Um, he was on the radio with his team kind of saying, no, I don't want to pit. Um, Oh, that was painful. Yeah, that was so... When he, like, slid off the track... My heart went, honestly. It, yeah, my heart went when that happened because, you know, it was ironic because in the qualifying, he had a perfectly timed, like, tyre change and that got him his pole position and yeah I mean the weather took a turn for its worst and he just continued out on slicks when everyone else kind of like went to change yeah. for interns and and he it was a decision information that the team had mm-hmm. as well like obviously the team can see the weather forecast Lando can't he can only see what's on the track and obviously then yeah what a driver can give us feedback is important because you know they're out there they can see it they can feel it but then also you've got to learn to trust your team if they say absolutely we need to pit you kind yeah. of have to pit because you know it's a gamble when you're a driver and you're in the car you're able to you're the you know it's the perspective of how confident am I going to uh, be on track with this type of tire and can I you know get a result out of it and we've seen it with George Russell I mean he took the gamble of changing to slicks in Canada um, and then he also made the change to uh, was it I can't remember which race it was, but like he went on to the radio and said, Yeah, it was, was like it? for softs or something. Yeah. It was like a completely different tire that other drivers were on. And Mercedes were a bit like, Oh, is that is that <laughs> right? And he's like, We're doing it. And, you know, sometimes drivers do need to put their foot down and be yeah. like, No, I know what it's like. I'm the one behind the wheel right now. Yeah, you've got all the data and you're looking at everything, but is how confident they actually feel. So that decision, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it was when he, like, he basically went into the wall. He didn't quite, like, yeah. he stopped just before the wall, but the way the camera was angled, it looked like he just completely crashed. Yeah. And I was like, like... <laughs> I know, exactly. And yeah, I mean, it must have been, like, painful because that was the race that... Lewis got his 100th win yeah and there were only like three laps to go when it happened as well and that's mm-hmm. another thing when you've got Lewis Hamilton coming up behind you mm. like no one is going to be calm in that situation I would be terrified like yeah that guy is fast um so it's like you know you're Lando yeah. you've never won a race before Lewis Hamilton's coming and he's gaining on you it's like yeah oh. <laughs> like, I mean because like one of the things that I automatically think like like visualize in that situation is um Silverstone in 2021 where you know Charles is in, is in in the lead and then Lewis is coming behind him and then like Charles must have like you know he was saying oh you know the rear tires are going and like he kind of like kids on the on the apex and yeah and Lewis is just like you know coming full in charge and it's one of those things where it's great when you see Lewis dominate like that yeah 
but again like if you had Lewis or Max behind you I would yeah I'd be kind of be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to swear then. <laughs> no, it's okay if you need to. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things as well. Like a lot of it is the mentality. Maybe if Lando had already won races in the past, in that moment, he might have been more willing to listen to the team. But he, I guess he was worrying in his mind, like if I pit now, am I throwing away this win? Yeah. Um, Whereas a driver like Lewis, you know, he's got over 100 wins. If his team tell him to pit, he's probably more... Well, actually, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in wet conditions, if his team tells him to pit, he's probably more likely to, you know, maybe I should pit. They probably know what they're doing. Um, while Lando's just completely freaking out because he's like, if I pit, is this going to ruin everything? Um, yeah. We, so, yeah. I mean, he won't repeat the mistake, that's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And honestly, like, I know a lot of people kind of give Lando flack for that race, um, but actually, I think he did himself really proud. Um, mm -hmm. He drove so well in the wet. Like, I think British drivers in general are quite strong in the wet because, you know, <laughs> it rains a lot here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Lewis and Lando especially, I'd say, stand outs on the grid in wet conditions. Um, and I hope, I mean, Spa, was it Spa 2020? Or, no, 21. The wet yeah. one. Um, yeah, the qualifying there was wet as well and I think you know Lando was topping every session obviously he did crash at um, Radion in the end um, but you know he was looking really strong until then he was probably the favourite for pole um, but yeah so we know he can do well in the rain and I think what would be beautiful to see is if Lando's first win is a wet race that would be just yes the, the story arc <laughs> yeah that would be his redemption yeah you know when they like oh he you know from he basically uh was like from pole position to being left stranded on the track was like so yeah. like he went from pole position to actually winning the race yeah that would, and it, honestly even if he didn't, didn't get pole and like fought his way through the pack like that would be so fun to watch and i think yeah. it would be one of those wins as well that would be so satisfying you know in the I guess Checo in 2020, 2020, I keep getting the years mixed up, when Checo won his first race, that was one of those things where, like, everyone liked that. Like, mm -hmm. even, I was an Albon, well, I am an Albon fan, and I knew Checo winning a race was not good news for Alex, but I was still so happy for Checo. I was like, yeah, Checo! Um, <laughs> and I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, even the people that don't necessarily like Lando are still going to be absolutely celebrating for him. And we're going to see, like, imagine the joy as he gets out the car. Like, mm -hmm. I can just imagine him jumping around, like, leaping into his team. Like, ah. I mean, we saw him celebrate so, like, so nicely when he got his first podium in Austria. Um, I guess that's yeah. a race I wanted to touch on as well. Um... Lando's dry pace um he had what was it he had to gain a second on Lewis Hamilton in like the last lap and he just did it like that was that was so incredible <laughs> um yeah yeah I mean it's one of those things where you know obviously they all have their strengths and weaknesses and and some drivers are better in um when it's dry and some are better when it's wet and yeah I think with Lando I mean I think he just surprises you because yeah. It just depends on, you know, the the track, I guess, and how he feels with the car. And, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, can he do this? Can he not? And when he does, it's like, ooh. 
um <laughs> it's like you know you get that happy yeah. happy feeling and yeah because I mean you know he was he was a driver that kind of when I properly started watching the full season in 2019 he was he joined McLaren and the one thing that I really liked McLaren was kind of like the environment that they brought and it was like the family feel and also with um working with mind as well for mental health and that really touched me personally it's a rocky thing right now with like how they handle the situation um with Daniel and with Oscar but you kind of want to see what how can they actually um bounce back yeah and because a lot of people aren't really happy with them at the moment it's like well how can they bounce back and I think with a young pairing Lando can actually probably learn a lot from Oscar as well because yeah. I mean Oscar will definitely bring something different to the team so yeah it'll be kind of interesting to kind of see what that's going to be about and the dynamic and what they're both like in the work environment and yeah I mean he's partnered with another Australian yeah <laughs> a replacement Australian <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what what would you say is like the biggest mistake McLaren made with how they handled the situation with Daniel especially? I just, I think the way that they were saying one thing and then something else is happening. So the biggest thing for me that really annoyed me was like, Daniel openly admitted how committed he was to the team. You know, he yeah. shared it on Instagram. He spoke at MTC and he said, I'm going to be here until 2023. I, I really want to help improve the team. I want to find why I'm struggling with the car. He even said that there were parts, like there was some, there was the reason, you know, in 2021, that he was saying this is kind of why, I can't remember what it actually was, but, or what the spec was for why he was struggling, but it kind of continued in 2022. And he was wanting to kind of actually nail down and find why he was struggling because so because he wanted answers and the way like the dates uh, it's one of those things where it's like is this actually true it's the dates just don't line up so you know like July I think is the month that it all kind of spiraled and once he uh, admitted that he was committed to the team there was talks with Oscar potentially actually signing a contract so it's like, well, Daniel's committed to McLaren, but McLaren aren't committed to Daniel. They're committed to someone else. And yeah, I think with Zach Brown as well, kind of publicly speaking about it and kind of saying, oh, Daniel didn't meet our expectations. Whereas, you know, the person who is known for PR and marketing, it's like, I feel like that should have been kept internal. Yeah. Like internally. Yeah, agreed. Because if you were going to speak... um about a driver you'd kind of go a different way around it and not kind of shame them because we've seen it in the past like you know McLaren haven't they didn't really treat uh, treat Checo properly as well with uh, Fernando Alonso and obviously um, um, Stoffel van Doren as well so it's, it's one of those things where we've seen it happen before and I think they were wanting to try and move forward with the partnerships that they have, especially with MIND and working with the mental health charity and kind of saying we do support our team, we are there for our drivers. And yeah, it was just a disappointing kind of way how they handled it all. So I really hope that if it happens again in the future, 
hopefully not but if it does occur they, they learn from it because I think they've lost a lot of respect from fans yeah. not just fans who are of Daniel Ricardo, but fans of McLaren since, the, since for a lot of years like from the very beginning that people have started watching the sport I've seen it all over social media be like how could you do this yeah. sort of thing yeah I agree I think that was really well said as well um obviously now Daniel has moved to Red Bull how do you think that is going to change things for him? Um. I mean, there was a TikTok today when he posted it on my bill and it was just him blinking and I was like, oh, it's like 2014 vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you in that beanie. Um, yeah, I mean, because uh, there were so many rumours about him potentially joining Mercedes and I was like, oh, we're going to get content with Lewis and George but you know what I'm really happy that he's like back home kind of where it all started because even though it's a third driver role it's it's more kind of marketing and um, PR sort of thing and then he will do some simulation work but he gets the opportunity to have that time off that he needs because I think with Mercedes they wanted him at every race yeah. so he's not just going to be a reserve that's going to basically be on a fly on the wall at the back of the garage he will be at some of the races and I think quite a few of us will know the races that he'll be at. You know, I mean, I think Monaco, Austin, I think Las Vegas as well. I mean, he'll definitely I know be you'll want to in be Australia. There, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, can one of the drivers be sick that that day? You know, like so he fills in. <laughs> but um, I just yeah, I think, you know, Christian Horner has always spoken so highly of Daniel. I mean, he's. A funny team principal to me it just I think you know since following I never really followed Red Bull when I started watching F1 in 2018 um and you know everyone said oh it's such a toxic place to to be and I never really followed them so I never really I only kind of got the the aspect of it through Drive to Survive and like Christian being like this big not Billy, but like <laughs> bit of a character, let's say. Yeah, 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 exactly. And but he's always spoken so highly of Daniel, and yeah. I really like that. And you know, he talked so much about the situation with McLaren and said that he would like to see Daniel see his performance being extracted, and he just needs the right car. And I think being back at Red Bull and working with people that he's he's known for a lot of years will actually definitely help that. And, I mean, Daniel always has talked about 2024 and there's been so much rumours with Andretti joining and it's like, is that going to be something we're going to see in 2024? Would, you know, Red Bull actually help him get a seat? Would you want to see him in that seat? Yeah. You know, I think so. I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, Andretti obviously coming in, an American team, we would want an American driver, but Daniel is massive in the US. Yeah. He has a huge, huge presence there. You cannot get any more American than him. <laughs> I mean, he, he arrived at Austin on a freaking horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... He, he knows how to make an entrance, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking as an Alex Albon fan, I think, you know, even if Andretti are, like, at the back of the grid, just having Daniel there, like, for you as a Daniel fan, like, you're going to love that. Um, mm-hmm. I've absolutely loved seeing Alex and Williams... Has he been scoring loads of points? No. Has he been winning? Definitely not. Has he been on the podium? No. But it's so it's so much nicer. It feels like the pressure is off. And 
like you said, like he needs a break for his mental health and stuff. Going into a more midfield backmarker team, it's going to be a lot easier on him, and I think it will be a really good fit while he builds his confidence back up. And we've mm-hmm. seen that already in Alex. Um, you know, he had a similar situation. You know, you could see how tired and stressed he was. Um, but now in Williams, I feel like he's really come out of his shell. He's really shown everyone what he can do and kind of, you know, what what his fans have always known he's capable of. Um, and what's great is, you know, on the good days, everyone's there to praise you. And on the bad days, no one really cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you got no points. Like, ooh, what a shame. Because <laughs> it's going to be no points on a good day as well. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, yeah, no, it yeah. Sense. it feels like... When you're in a top team, so basically anything down to McLaren, if you do badly, everyone's on you. But in a team lower down, like no one cares and it's so much more chill. Um, so I definitely say it's not necessarily a bad thing um, that Daniel's no longer got the pressure of being in a top team. Um, and, you know, there's way less scrutiny and it's just the vibes are just so much better. Um, so, yeah, for... I would love to see Daniel and Andretti as well. I'd love to see his kind of his confidence build back up. Then maybe he moved to a higher up team again, and mm-hmm. you know it, w- it would be really nice to like kind of complete his story in that way. Um, Absolutely, and I have to say with Alex, what really impressed me because like we saw him get points, but it was Australia. Like he was on hards for what like forty laps. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like. Oh my god, that's insane! And he like started, he had to ch- obviously change his tires like towards the end, and I was like, he literally only changed his tires because he like legally had to. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even need to. I know. I was like, oh my god, this dude's on another level. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely it. I think with Alex, like we've seen his potential sh- so much, but being a second driver in Red Bull just was it, he was pushed forward too quickly. Um, he only got like half a season in Toro Rosso before he was put into Red Bull. Um, he wasn't given the time he needed to mm-hmm. develop. Um, you know, we saw really good drives from him. Brazil 2020, 2019 being a standout. Um, Spa 2019. Um, Austria 2020. You know, he's done some really, really strong races. And then something would always go wrong for him. I'm sure you remember Lewis kind of taking yeah. him out um, twice. That was very painful, let me tell you. Um, it was so close as well. I thought, yeah, oh. it's like, oh. Like, just give this guy a break. Yeah. But now it's like, in Williams, it kind of feels like he's got a break. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like now things are going a bit more his way. Um, we'll ignore the fact that he was in hospital twice last year. Uh, <laughs> we'll ignore that one. But other than that, it went great for him. Um, <laughs> hopefully that won't happen again this year. So... McLaren have a new team principal. What do you think? What are your thoughts on... What's his name again? Is it Andrea Stella? Yes. I hope I got that right. Yeah, it's... Honestly, like, it's... You know, obviously, before it was Andrea Seidel, now it's Andrea Stella. Yeah. So it's, like, it's still really? AS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the team principals had their own silly season. They did. Um, after, <laughs> after it finished, like, you know, when after Abu Dhabi I was like honestly we can't catch a break um so yeah so Andrea Seidel obviously is going um has left for Sauber and I I do think that will kind of affect McLaren a little bit and that the reason behind that is because he was the main reason for McLaren's huge resurgence 
uh, since 2019. So he set the foundations. He had a long-term plan, like the strategy in place to get them back to the top for wins. And it'll kind of be interesting to see what Andrea Stella can actually bring because Seidel was a big asset to the team. But Stella has been with McLaren since 2015. He's worked with Lando since 2019. He's worked alongside Seidel. You know, he is like on the pit wall. So I do feel like he can actually continue, like bring that continuity and hopefully kind of maybe get rid of any doubts that Mando's potentially having, whether yeah. McLaren are still the team to kind of give him that competitive car. So yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see the dynamic and what they actually can do because I mean, McLaren had a few funny strategies last year, kind of like, you know, with the team orders. I'm yeah. not a massive fan with team orders. and. Yeah you know, like the pit stops weren't amazing. So it'd be interesting to kind of see what Andrea Stella can actually bring. And if there's anything different, because, you know, change is always good, but change can be bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm also getting nervous for um, uh, Fred being at Ferrari. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to watch, definitely. I know, yeah, Frenchman. Frenchman? Yeah, with an Italian team. Yeah. Um... Do you think Lando knew about the team principal change when he signed? I'm assuming he didn't, but... Well, this is the thing. It's always because, like, you know, I never I never expected that to happen. And everyone's like, oh, Andreas is leaving because Daniel's no longer there. Because Andreas actually really did speak highly of Daniel and kind of said, you know, we want to... Uh, we are committed to him. So it was interesting to kind of see him leaving... And, I mean, it'll be interesting because, obviously, his position is not a team principal. It's more like a CEO. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously promotion, step up. And congrats to him on that. That Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never know how to end these videos. Um, I guess thank you to those of you who watched um, this far. Um, Hopefully our insight has been interesting. Katie, you did a fantastic job. it was oh, great to you. hear your perspective and I'd love to have you back sometime. I'd love to be back. It was <laughs> great actually being invited on here. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Well, yeah, be sure to like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs> um, and have a nice day, everyone.